Coming up this week, Trickman Terry stops by to talk about all of the Neo Geo fighting games. Glenn and Jared talk about extreme justice. And can Ninja Guide N be knocked off its peg? We'll find out when Jared talks about Devil May Cry 4. All of that including more reviews than you can shake a stick at here on this week's PlayStation Nation podcast. Hey, all right. It's episode 47 of the PlayStation Nation podcast, and I'm shaking a stick at a lot of stuff, so I don't know. I think I think I can uh, actually blow that away, but uh, as Jared said before uh, the music, we have a special guest on the show. We've tried to get him on before, but he's he's so shy, and I don't know why. He's so good at what he does. It's the trick man. Trick man, Terry Manick. How's it going, sir? Hey, good evening, guys. How's it going? As he says with such enthusiasm. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't know how you can be shy, man. I don't know how you can be shy. I saw that coat you were wearing at the Daryl's. Nobody shy wears that thing. No, no, well, they that's don't. very true. That that people get blinded with that thing. You look so like Terry, a walking uh, disco ball. Yes, I do. He always looks <laughs> like a walking disco ball. Oh, snap. the ladies follow it, and uh, that's why I do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it smells of cherries. Anyway, <laughs> J- Jared was having a little problem at the beginning, so he kept calling him Trickman Cherry. <laughs> if only the public knew. He wants yes. Trickman's Cherry. <clears throat> so, so Terry, for the Stop. uninitiated, for the uninitiated, especially the youngins that listen to this show, uh, why do they call you the Trickman? Well, they call me the Trick Man because when I started on uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly back in 1991, I did the Tricks of the Trade section for EGM. And um, when I did that for a little while, the name kind of stuck because people were just, you know, saying, hey, it's, you know, Trick Man Terry. And it, hey, look, it, it kind of, you know, the the T's kind of match, and wow, that that that's really cool. So they were, you know, they were kind of stuck on that, and and um, after that, it basically was like my job to do the trick section. Even though I I tried for like the trick section, and then there was a next wave section, and so I did the trick section one time. And then the next the next issue I did the next wave section, but then I went back to the trick section. And then they're like, "Nah, your name sticks. That's it. You're you're doing the trick section from now on. You're Trick Man Terry." That's so they, it. So they does, typecast you. Yeah, basically, it does have a very good <laughs> ring to it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you did a really it good works. job with it. I mean, it works for me. You screwed with more people's lives with the <laughs> famous April Fool's joke than uh, probably anybody around. Yeah, and Jared will never forgive me for that. I no, everyone <laughs> talks about Shen Long, but for me and my friends, it was the all bonds code. We tried so damn hard. Like, oh man, I can't even remember what what you asked, what ridiculous things you asked us to do. But we tried for, I think, a week straight after school. We would just all go to my friend's place and just try for hours to get it, and we never succeeded. Well, I mean, who didn't try? I'm I so mean, glad. everybody wants to be George Lazenby, so. Hey, I'm going for Timothy yeah. Dalton. <laughs> hmm. Strangely enough, uh, it was slated to be in there. That's even funnier. Because a Game Shark code revealed that 
the faces were there and they were going to program it in, but either they uh, didn't get the licenses or they ran out of time. That's even funnier. So, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there, there were many instances like that where I would find I would find out, I would, I would ask about a trick. There was something called Most Wanted Trick in some of the later issues. And it was just really funny that there was actually uh, some follow-up to these things where some things actually came about and we were just guessing. So, you know, that's for another time. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, because today we're doing our show a little bit differently. No email, no news, just all reviews. We're reviewing Fail. a bunch of Neo Geo <laughs> games that are coming on the PS2 and PSP. Uh, Pursuit Force, Extreme Justice for the PSP. Uh, Jared has 10 exact minutes for Devil May Cry 4. It's uh, not enough. Desmond Plus for uh, the PS1. More than enough. Uh, King of Kong DVD, Pixel Junk Monsters, Wipeout Pulse for the PSP, The Rock, and I think I'm even going to review Hilden's Mom because I've had long enough with her. So um, I've, I've played all the animals. hey <laughs> So hold on. I just want to make sure... Okay, okay, that's working. That's working. Okay, good, good, good. So let's uh, let, let's just tear right into this. And, um, you know, there's a reason that we're going to talk about so many of these and not just because of our love of uh, all things Neo Geo. And I know that Jared really didn't have a lot of experience with a lot of these 2D fighters. But, uh, you know, with us older guys, this is the stuff that, I mean, we really played a lot of this. And, and I went on a tear lately and just bought a bunch of them. But... You know, we were gonna. We wanted to talk about Neo Geo, eh, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum, <laughs> uh, King of Fighters Eleven, which uh, Mark's been playing the hell out of. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Metal Slug Anthology. We wanted to talk about, and someone's audio just really freaked out. What was? That? And um, <laughs> so, I, well, who all here has Neo Geo Battle Coliseum? I think all four of us do now, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I do. Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, so, um, I guess let's just go around the room here. Well, here um, before we do that, I'm I'm just gonna say this: I am a complete novice when it comes to all these games. So, uh, here's my review of all the titles we're gonna talk about. It's fun. And you guys are gonna be able to go much more in depth as to why these games are great, why they differentiate themselves from other fighting games, because. I really of all the genres out there, the one I never really got into was the 2D fighter, and hopefully that's going to change since I bought all these wonderful games. No, they'll just sit on your shelf. <laughs> that's pretty much a given. That's not true. <laughs> well, let's start off. He'll with sit on your shelf until you. Calcium. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. um, let's start off with that because uh, we all have it, but also. I think we're going to kind of end with King of Fighters 11 because Mark's so hot on it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Do I have 10 minutes? But, you know, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I've got the stopwatch right here. All right. Oh. So, Battle Coliseum. I mean, uh, Terry, have you really gotten a lot of time to play it? My little Mark, you just got it. Yeah, I put in a couple hours last night. I just got it yesterday. Oh, is it my turn? <laughs> Go for it, Terry. Okay, sorry. Terry's new at this, so give it, well, he, Terry's new at this, he so you know, he's he started talking, and I, I was like, okay, I didn't know if he was going to review it. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, yeah, I put in a little bit of time to uh, the game, and uh, yeah, it's it's basically just like you know all of the King of Fighters games, except you've got two 
players you can switch you can switch out ex- instead of three right and um it's it goes cross gen- not really cross genre it goes uh cross worlds um from all the all the different types of neo geo games um you've got like king of fighter i'm sorry king of monsters characters in there you've got ones from um Oh gosh, there's, there's so many I can't. Oh, there's Marco World from, Heroes. Yeah. There's Samurai Showdown. Right. There's Metal Absolutely. Slug, which cracked yeah. me up. Marco from Metal Slug's yeah. in there. Yeah, Marco and uh, alien, was it Alien People or the Mars alien? People? Mars People. That's it. Yeah, those yeah, really weird octopus-looking guys. Yeah, there's like so many different you know uh, characters in there that just go throughout the whole uh, Neo Geo universe, which just. You know that alone just makes it cool and and worth the uh, you know fifteen to twenty dollars that it will cost you for the game you know which is way worth it. I think. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things about all these games, even the ones that they have just announced. They're all like fifteen bucks, yeah. and they're read- the price we can get these games at. They're also readily available. You should be able to find these no problem at uh, your local GameStop. I I didn't find any of them hard to get. I was able to find them pretty easily actually. Which was surprising because a lot of stuff like this, you could just see them going real rare, real, real quick. I actually have seen people online complaining that they're having trouble starting to find them. Oh. Um, from what I read, I don't think uh, Battle Coliseum or King of Fighters 11 are being printed anymore. So, essentially, they're discontinued. And um, actually, those two I couldn't find in stores anywhere. I had to order them online. Yeah, and it's worth noting GameStop sells it for $20 when everybody else sells it for 15 Battle yeah. Coliseum was twenty dollars at GameStop. Battle Coliseum, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Good thing I didn't buy it there. Yeah. Fuckers. But King of Fire, but King of Fire's eleven is fifteen over there. Is it? Yeah, no. It I, is. I bought my copy brand new at GameStop for fifteen bucks. Hmm. Maybe yeah. they finally wised up and lowered it. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I, I actually just found that. That's that's the one that I just just started with because I, I just found the game well, and I was looking everywhere for it. And I finally found one one copy at GameStop. They had one left, and I think you know that was about it. So it is it is probably going to be very hard to find. I remember those fuckers did the uh, same thing with Fire Pro Wrestling Returns. It was fifteen dollars, except at GameStop. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other cool things, you know, going back to Battle Coliseum, you know, it, it lists forty characters on the box, but apparently there's a way to get eight more unlocked. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I think part yeah. of that comes from actually beating the boss, which I think is next to impossible on that game. <laughs> what is easy. it with SNK fighters next and these to. bosses? These are just evil. Yeah, but you know what? The <laughs> bosses in this are a little tamer compared to other SNK bosses, I'm sad Jesus to say. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Wait, are you talking about Bell Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah. Those bosses are tamer? Get to the oh, end crap. of uh, King of Fighters 11. <laughs> no! <laughs> Yeah, Mark was actually kind of live live, ah, live blogging it when he was trying to beat him. He's like, God damn it, I've been playing this for an hour and I can't get by him. <laughs> I was ready to smash my controller. <laughs> so well, I thought I got to a mid-boss. So, well, anyway. So why are, they, about that right now. why are they harder? What do they do? Are they just cheap? Do they just have a super high amount of health? It is cheap, and they, they use a damage scaling thing where you can hit him a bunch of times, but it does a fraction of the damage it would do to any other character. But their That's moves bullshit. basically hit you from all sides at once. You, like, you can't let your guard down for a second. If you open yourself up, you're dead. It seems like they can also replenish their health because the, the health bar goes down and makes it 
red for a, a portion of it when you hit them. Yeah. But then it starts. But then I guess the the green or whatever uh, the alternate color is for the, for their life uh, starts creeping back up. Yeah. So it, it is very hard to it is very hard to uh, to kill them. You you really just have to you know just avoid the craziness like um, the first boss. Mizuchi. Just like throws a whole bunch of lightning bolts at you. Yeah, and, and you don't even know like, they're coming. Like, they just all of a sudden just show up. <laughs> lightning bolt. Yeah, lightning, lightning bolt. rains down from the No, there's like yeah, a split second warning the like on the ground below you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gee, thanks, SNK. That was real nice yeah. of you. Well, I mean, even in spite of the bosses, these game Neo Geo Battle Coliseum is actually really well done. Um, there, you know, I've seen some complaints online that the sprites aren't as like crisp and clear as people expected. Um, I really yeah. personally didn't really that didn't bother me at all. I think the animation's phenomenal. The backgrounds look gorgeous, but yeah. the most important thing is the control and the moves are really easy to pull off. They're really well done. The yeah. balance is great. I mean, to get this kind of balance out of a game that has forty eight characters in it is is pretty impressive. Yeah, they did a good yeah. job. You you can tell that the people who made these games that all the games we're talking about today are love their craft and have been making these games for such a long time. They really do know exactly what they're doing and how to pull something really great off like they did here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would say that um you when you put it on an SD TV, you don't notice it as much at all because no. I've got I've got two setups. I've got I've got an SD TV and, and an HD TV and I put them on both just to check them out and it's just like putting it on like you know like a CRT monitor you know it looks it looks pretty good in you know because of the scan lines and everything kind of like you know how the arcades were supposed to be mm-hmm. um, on, on the older games you know you put it on the uh, on the HD TVs and they kind of muddy up the colors a little bit you know for the foreground characters the background characters look really good but the foreground character is a little bit muddy but you know if you play it on just an SD TV you won't even notice it at all so it, it it is really really. Well, you know, I wouldn't quite go that nice. far, only because the backgrounds look so nice and smooth. Well, yeah, they they could have they could have probably cleaned it up to yeah. to make the background characters look a lot like the foreground. Characters. But it is nice that nice they put in the option in there. There's like six different levels of smoothing that you can have on the character sprite. So six is like right. the most pixelated. You see every single pixel, and it looks blocky. Right. And one right. is like they smeared Vaseline over your character. Yeah, and that's only happening yeah. with with Chuck's mom. So, <laughs> oh, <gross. laughs> oh, what am I saying? You wouldn't have any extra Vaseline. Oh, okay, that's oh. enough. Oh. That poor but woman. Gameplay okay, so SNK actually, fighting games. <laughs> this is a well, lot easier to get into than a lot of other SNK games. Yeah, I agree. How would you compare it graphically and everything else uh, to King of Fighters Eleven? I mean, you were saying that this is quickly becoming your favorite out of the, out of the bunch. Yeah, it's um, actually about the same. It's got the same option for the different sorts of smoothing on your character. Backgrounds look right. sim like a similar level of quality, but both these games were done on the Atomus Wave hardware, I think. Which the only thing that disappoints me about the still pixelated characters is that I think this is the same hardware that the Guilty Gear games were made on. Yeah. So it's basically, I suppose, laziness on their part for not redrawing the sprites. I know it's a huge undertaking and not cheap, but it still would have been nice. 
Well, um, yeah. and then, you know, we, we talked about some of the other ones, the Fatal Fury Archives. You've got this, um, the Art of Fighting anthology, which, I mean, that's, in my opinion, the weakest series out of the whole bunch. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to say, I was, uh, I bought all four of the games we're talking about today, and I was really enjoying Art of Fighting 3. I thought it was really easy to pick up and play and get into. You know, the combos weren't ridiculous, so you could get into them. You, I, I was finding I was having a lot of fun with Art of Fighting Three. Now, granted, Art of Fighting Two and especially One haven't exactly withstood the test of time. Right. But uh, Three is actually I, the only good one out of the group, though. I mean, yeah, uh, it really the first is. Art of Fighting I actually have on the Neo Geo because it came with um, the Neo Turf Masters I bought. But the problem with Art of Fighting and Art of Fighting Two is at the time I think they were more of a spectacle or, or you know to show off the system with the full screen scaling and everything else. I mean. Even when I talked to uh, the guy that called himself the Game Lord, uh, the, uh, Chad Okada, that worked as SNK, I mean, that was the first thing that he would talk about when I would talk about Art of Fighting with him. Oh, yeah, did you see the scaling on it and <laughs> how, how the screen and everything scales in and out when, you know, it, it, it kind of wears off after a little while, though. And, and you, yeah. you start realizing that the fighting engine itself just really isn't that deep. Yeah, it was basically that and then the gigantic character sprites and the, the way they showed damage as the battle went on. Yeah, that was but, yeah, that was pretty cool too. Yeah, as the game yeah, itself, I did though, like I that. agree. I only like the third one still. Yeah, no. I like the second one. I used I used to own the second one, so yeah, yeah. I was re- that was that was fun. I was really getting into Art of Fighting three and the you know Fatal the same thing with Fatal Fury one on the Battle Archives hasn't really held up that well. If uh, from what I've heard, if you're buying this set, you're really buying it for Fatal Fury Special, which is that's the crown of the set. Mm-hmm. I also like Fatal Fury three. That one's pretty good. Yeah, Fatal Fury yeah. 3 is actually really good as well. But the thing I do like about the original Fatal Fury is the the co-op fighting. Even though you only have the three characters to choose from. It's like not many games have done that. That's very true, yeah. Um, yeah, they got rid of that in the, in the subsequent series. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they only had the three characters and they really didn't know where to, where to go with it. But yeah. <laughs> it was a neat idea. Yeah, well, one, of the, yeah. one of the problems I have with both of these sets is that you know with a lot of these old school compilations you'll get some you know you'll get some art you'll get some behind the scenes stuff you know some special features and there's none of that to be found in Art of Fighting or Fatal Fury which is a little disappointing I would have liked to see some interviews or something but uh well I think a lot of the people who worked on them I mean the, the Japanese culture it's not like you have this one team that works on things all the time it was probably a bunch of coders that just basically rotated in and out so and also they're probably all in Japanese. You would you wouldn't even really get a great interview. So, eh, well, I mean that kind of stuff. Plus, you're only paying fifteen bucks. Right. Yeah, yeah I was just gonna say for for the price you're paying, you're getting plenty. <laughs> I mean, you're not getting it in a special tin. The really disappointing thing <laughs> is that in Japan, all these games had online play. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty disappointing. So that really stinks. I mean, I can understand because PS2 in the US has no online presence. But it would have been nice. It would have been yeah. nice. So let, let's talk about the um, kind of the black sheep in this group. And, and the only reason I call it a black sheep is because it's not a fighting game. Uh, <laughs> but it's probably one of the best side-scrolling uh, shooters or action games that, that you'll run find. And gun. In, uh, run and gun. There you go. Uh, it's got to be one of the best series really out there. And, and we're talking about Metal Slug. And, um, you know, they brought up the Metal Slug anthology for... What are they uh, for the Wii for the PS2? I think it came out for PSP. PSP. Yeah, yep, PSP. Yeah. Um, I personally don't have it. I actually own 
three or four of the real games, but I don't have the actual anthology disc. So I don't know if you guys want to kind of hit on that a little bit or not. Yeah, why not? Oh, and we lost Jared. Oh, what? We lost Jared. We lost Jared. Quick, get a word in edgewise. <laughs> no shit. That was Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I always love how um hello I just got booted dude you didn't get booted you dropped off get off your wireless I wasn't on my wireless I was on my landline oh, well yeah you got dropped <laughs> so anyway so we're talking about metal metal slug anthology and um you know I I don't have the package I I have the real games but I don't have the actual disc that everybody else has so um, you know Terry and Mark especially you probably gotta want to talk about it a little bit. Sure. Terry doesn't have it either. Oh, you did, Terry. I'm the only I cool have one it. here. Oh, oh, Jared. Has well, I'm it. still okay. the only cool yeah. one but, here. But I have the real ones as well. Well, I have I have three of the real ones. So anyway, go ahead. Uh, Metal Slug oh. Anthology. Although I haven't I haven't actually put that into my Wii in about eight months. A really great set. Lots of you know lots of game for your buck there. It came out at forty. You probably get it for cheaper now, but it was well worth the price of forty bucks. The only problem is that you really couldn't get a really nice button configuration on that Wii version. It's a little different on PS2 where you could plug in a, a real gamepad. Yeah. Uh, I actually skipped the Wii version because of that. I could not stand any of the control schemes they had in there. Yeah. Re- Didn't you have to shake it to uh, throw a grenade? Yeah, yeah, you had to actually flick the remote God. to control your grade. You couldn't, you couldn't plug in a classic controller. Really, the only tolerable uh, way oh, to play those ga- that game was to... Uh, with the mouse and keyboard. I mean, no, not not the mouse and keyboard. The game. The, I don't. Where the <laughs> hell did that come from? Um, to put the GameCube gamepad in there, and uh, but yeah, really great set. Uh, Metal Slug. Um, I'd say the highlights of that series are Metal Slug X, Metal Slug Three, and uh, yeah, I think those are definitely the two best ones in the series. I like Six no, as well. Actually, which ones are on the anthology? Is it is it pretty much all of them? It's, yeah, it's every all of them, including one Six. Of them. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's one, two, well, three. Well, actually, the four, first five, Metal Slug is cool to have, too. I mean, that was a great game, but uh, it's really cool to have just because of the rarity as well. Yeah, isn't that yeah. cart on. Isn't that Neo Geo cart like cart like $1,000? Yep, it's very hard to get. And How do you do have, have it? Crazy. Do I have the first Metal Slug? Um, you don't know? If I do, it's the arcade version. I don't have any of the home versions of Metal Slug because they're all so insanely expensive. Yeah, like I said, thousands. I know I have yeah. Metal Slug Three. I have Metal Slug X. I might have the first one. I'm not sure. Hmm. Damn, they're, they're not in, they're not in this room, so I can't really check. <laughs> well, aside from the uh, control problems in the Wii version, the other problem I had with it, which is the reason I passed on it, was the the boss hit flash. Like every time you hit a boss, there'd be the white flash. You know, when you got hit, and for whatever reason, they took that out. Now it's like so minor and nitpicky, but on a couple of the bosses, it was so hard to like. It was just that kind of like visual thing to let you know that you're actually doing damage to it. So on yeah. a couple bosses, you're just kind of like, "Am I even hitting him? Wait, I think I am. So I guess I'll just keep shooting." No, that's Plus a perfectly video game snob. So yeah, no, I'm that's elite. a perfectly understandable <laughs> complaint. No, it's true, and I waited for the PS2 version, but unfortunately, that has its own issues. Uh, Metal Slug 1 and 2 have some really bad input lag. So, especially Metal Slug 1, if you press, like, fire or jump, there's at least a half second before it actually does it. Ooh. 
that's it's that's still a deal playable breaker. but you if you've played the games a ton then you definitely have to kind of adjust to it that could that could be a real deal break deal breaker yeah, yeah. that kind of sucks I don't play one and two as much though. Mostly like X three and six are the ones I play. Yeah, Metal mm. Slug Six is really fantastic. Yeah, it's stupendous. I have heard the PSP version has problems as well, mostly with uh, extra loading time and it gets really slowed down and choppy. So now that's kind of messed up. I don't know why they would bring a game out with those kind of problems if they it's make money. not on the other ones. Get, take the yeah. time and fix it. But they're not game-breaking, that's the thing. Even with these issues, they're fantastic games, especially because you can get them for below $40 now. So don't hesitate if you don't have it. And, I mean, if you don't want to buy it or don't own any of those systems, buy Metal Slug 3 on the 360. Yeah, but it's yeah, not really but... its not really a big upgrade. Metal well, Slug 3 on no the 360 upgrade, didn't but... do very much for me either, because, unfortunately, and, and you know, you hear this time and time again, but, man... Controlling it with a 360 controller just does not work very well. And that they took D-pad, the blood out, yeah. and they, they really, they don't even really upconvert it to 720p. It doesn't look that much better than, than the card I have. No, it's just filtered, and you can't actually no. turn the filter off. Yeah, it's, I'm not too impressed with the 360 one. No, I didn't buy it simply because I already have it in the anthology, and I own Metal Slug 3 on the original Xbox. Right, yeah, I... I don't know. So, I mean, but are there any... If you had a choice out of any of the anthologies, which version would you probably get? Probably the PS2? I think so. Just because you can actually control with a real controller? Yeah. Definitely. And then you can play it on the PS3 as well. Huh? Huh? Hey, hey, hey. Well, probably so, not. Yeah, I have the 40 gig. <laughs> we, we've... Well, all right, yeah. So we've, we've talked about these, but, I mean, really, the, I think the general consensus here is... If you want to learn about these 2D fighters, if you want to play some of these 2D fighters that's not Street Fighter, uh, you know, it sounds like King of Fighters 11, which we, we should touch on a little bit more, but... Uh, oh, come on. King of Fighter oh, my 11. my 10 minutes. My 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> you don't get nothing and like it. I you get it six minutes. <laughs> Please, um, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> more? Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> No, I would um, if I had to pick between Battle Coliseum and King of Fighters 11, go King of Fighters 11. All right then. Definitely. It's it's a good jumping on point. I'm like I'm a casual King of Fighters fan. Um I played a bunch of them mostly 97 and 98. The rest I just kind of played a little bit, never really got that deep into. But this is a great jumping on point. The controls have been I don't want to say simplified, but they're a little more Capcom-ish. So it's easier if you're into Street Fighter and other fighting games. Um, it now has a tag system, so instead of your guy getting knocked down and then you know goes to the next round, you can actually tag in and out, kind of like the Capcom versus games and even Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. Works really well. The system is great. It's easy to get into. It's incredibly deep. There's nearly 50 characters in this game. There's a lot of extra modes. Like there's a really nice survival challenge mode that you use to unlock stuff, or it'll give you things to do like cancel and do an attack, beat an opponent with a super move, stuff like that. Some of them are insanely hard, too. But I can't <laughs> say enough good things about this game. It's awesome. Man, I want to play that game. Yeah. I have to put more time into that one. It's, yeah. uh, yes. It's very... It's daunting. Coming from a, a very novice 2D fighter player to go to that game and see the insane move list and just to get my ass handed to me. 
by <laughs> by those bosses. I mean, it, it's it's kind of frightening. It really is. But yeah, hmm. I, w- I want to tough it out, and I want I want to get better at it. Damn it! Practice, so, practice. Kid, you're you're also using. I'm sorry. No, go what? ahead, Terry. No, no, you're all, you're also using uh, fighting sticks for this <laughs> game. Is that right? Um, here's a dirty little secret. I learned oh. how to play fighting games on pads, so I really am not good using an arcade stick with a fighting game. I usually just use it for shooters. So I, after uh, getting a little frustrated with the fighting stick because I couldn't get all the insane move commands to work, I actually switched to... I have those Street Fighter Anniversary pads that have you know the six-button yeah. face layout. So I was using those, right. and I'm so kicking myself for not buying one of those import... PS2 Saturn pads that Sega made a few years ago because they're impossible <laughs> to find now. I'm uh, well, actually, that that was going to prove my point because I was going to say, you know, do you really need the fighting sticks to get the full enjoyment out of this game? And I was going to, you know, find out what you were going to say about it um, because for me, my experience, I, I don't have those fighting sticks. I, I was just using the pad for the games, and I could pull off the moves just fine. Yeah. Not too bad. I don't like the D-pad on the DualShock that much, though, just because of the way it's designed with the the kind of broken cross thing. Still better than the right. 360s pad, since you can still get the moves out when you need to, but I don't know. That's my choice. Snob. Yeah, those, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, those are probably the nicest ones. I was just going to say that, you know, it, it doesn't completely break the game to use the standard controls. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, because you... Yeah, you can still pull off the moves because I was able to pretty much pull off every, everything I wanted to. So, I, I want to get a, um, a good old Mark here sent me a link for the uh, Hori Fighting Stick Three, which is a USB Amazon.com. Yeah, Amazon.com, fifty bucks, and uh, I really want to get that. It looks like a really nice stick. And uh, he told me, Glenn, that's the one you got. You're primarily using. Are you? Do you like that stick? I have two of them, and I like them a lot. Pretty solidly built. Uh, very solidly built, good weight to it. It uses the um, the Japanese buttons where they're smooth on top instead of being concave. Um, you know, I had them at the MGC last year, and everybody used them. It sounded like pretty much everybody liked them. The button layout's a little weird, but also it's it's a very Japanese stick, so it's really more of a Japanese type layout. But um, once you get used to it, it's it's quite good. Uh, play it. I play it with it on my lap and on a table, whatever. It works just just fine. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it's worth 50 bucks. I would definitely get it for 50 bucks. Definitely worth 50 bucks? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Although, I, I wish there was a PC driver for it out, and nobody's brought one out ever, because it's USB, so... Well, there's the Big Brother version to that stick, the uh, Real it's Arcade Pro 3, which does work on PC. I don't yeah. understand why the, that one doesn't, but... How much is that one? Different. Um, bucks, I think? Yeah, it's a little over that. Importing, it's going to end up costing you quite a bit for shipping. Okay, yeah, I think just it weighs about a metric ton. Yeah, checkplayasia.com. I actually have the PS2 version of that one, the Real Arcade Pro 2, and it's a fantastic stick. It's an awesome stick, stick too. It's, it's, they're essentially the same. I mean, they use different quality parts, but they're not that different. It's just that the, the Big Brother stick is a lot bigger. It's got a huge base, and that's the only thing that kind of throws me off about the fighting stick is that it's a smaller base, so I'm not used to it. But I mean, if you never use the other one, obviously that won't be an issue. Right. 
And and I actually like having a joystick just because the juggle moves were like if you're playing Tekken or whatever and you have to go back and forth really quickly. For me, it's just easier uh, to do that on a joystick. So yeah. that's why I prefer Actually, I do it, prefer joysticks for 3D fighters. 2D, I still like the pad. Right. So, you know, we've talked about all these so long and um, we actually have a copy of a couple of these to give away. Mm-hmm. So Woo-hoo. yeah, so we're actually going to give away uh, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum for the PS2, which does work on the PS3. Now I don't know if it works on the 80 gig. Maybe somebody want to report on that. Um, and we're also giving away a copy of King of Fighters 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have some different trivia questions. Nice. <clears throat> so uh, one of the trivia questions, and we'll list these in the in the um, show notes. Um, but one of them was uh, to, to win Neo Geo Battle Coliseum. Uh, back in episode, I believe, 45, I was talking about uh, Samurai Showdown 5 special for the Neo Geo itself, and I mentioned how much I paid for it. So that's all you have to do for the answer for that one is um, how much did I pay for that according to that episode. And now for King of Fighters, Mark, do you have a question for that? Oh, I do. Um, How convenient. SNK sorry, had a I, very yeah. unique artist that worked for them for a very long time. Uh, his style was very different. It rendered their characters very realistically. Um, you can look at cover like the Neo Geo Home cart covers for like Metal Slug X, Metal Slug Three, I think King of Fighters ninety five through ninety nine, and like Samurai Showdown one and two. Very distinct. You you would understand what I'm talking about when you see it. But what I want you to do is tell me what that artist's name is. Ooh, that might be internet proof a little bit. Good luck, people. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Hey, can I chime in for a second? Sure, no. Terry. Absolutely. You have a code? Now, what? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't have a code. <laughs> but uh, one thing I forgot to mention, and I don't know why I didn't mention it in the in the first place, but I am a I am co-owner of VGEVO.com. Oh, Shut up, sure. really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Never heard here. Hello. Hello. Along with Ken Williams, who people may remember as the longest-running Sushi X that there ever was. Cool. <laughs> so anyway. You guys are awesome. Um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so... What we want to do is we want to partner with you guys and give away one more game into this kitty. Ooh. Uh, well, we're going to add one more to that, and uh, that will be Metal Slug Anthology for the PS2. Damn. Wow. There we go. So three games for this lovely contest that I think is going to be very popular. Well, then do you have a question that we're going to ask for this, or what do you want to do for it? Yeah, I'll, I'll make this one a personal question because it's, uh, you know... We don't want the internets to be used uh, to try to get this one. So, oh no, interwebs! You would, yeah, yeah, yeah. The interwebs won't tell you the answer to this. So, um, now I have something called an arcade legends machine, and that's basically an arcade machine that emulates a lot of games, but they're all uh, very, uh, very much legal. So, um, yar, you be an internet I have, pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I not be a pirate, um, <clears throat> and. I have three Metal Slug games for, uh, for the arcade machine. Which three do I have? Wow! And here's a hint. And and here's the hint. They are in numerical order. So, 
It could be in any order. Well, they have to be, you know, like four or five or six or whatever you want to say. Um, but that's your hint. So four, five, uh, and tell six. me which. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's my question. Which ones do I own? I own three of them. Okay. So, uh, well, there you have it, kids. And like I said, we'll have all those questions in the uh, the show notes. And how we're going to handle this is um, we're going to take all the correct answers, throw those names into a hat, and pull them out. Neo Geo Battle Coliseum is first. King of Fighters Eleven is second, and um, Metal Slug Anthology will be third. So if you win the first one, you are not eligible to win either of the other two. And uh, if we pull your name for one of the second or third one, your name just goes away. So you can only win one of these games. Uh, send the email to podcast at ps3nation.org. And um, you can win some pretty cool games here. So get those emails deadline? in. and uh, The deadline will be, how about next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time? Cool. Boot. Nice. You have right, your well, objectives, for- people. Yeah, there you go. Get on it, people. And also get on the other contest that you guys are running. Yeah, no kidding. We need to see some more themes. I, you know, some people are complaining that it's really tough and everything. I actually extended the deadline today because I know some people are working on them, and they were kind of rushing things. And I don't want to see them rushed. I actually want to see. I've been busy. Some of the stuff comes. <laughs> I want to see some of the stuff come through to fruition. But yeah, we're talking to you, Mark. Yeah, oh. damn it. Um, but you know, keep working on those themes, people. Um, like I said, you're getting Twisted Metal head-on for the PS2, and it's going to be signed. So yeah, this, this is a this is a real prize, people. You got to work for this one. Yeah, yeah. But the stuff we've seen so far is really promising. Yeah, so I, really I hope we stuff. actually, yeah. What is it? What's his name? Talizo or I don't know how it's supposed. I to think it's Tailzo. Tailzo. Oh my god, the stuff he's done is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I got some stiff competition. <laughs> yeah, but uh, since since I am one of the hosts, if oh, these are going to be voted on by our users, but if I should happen to win, I'm going to forfeit the prize to whoever gets the second most votes. Aww, yeah. aww, what a great guy! What a nice guy! Yeah, I would never <laughs> we don't do want that. backlash. We don't want backlash. Yeah. All right. Well, we've talked enough Neo Geo for a while, and uh, so now let's get on the review of Hilden's mom. I mean, um. Well, she's and why? <laughs> Force Extreme Justice for the PSP. That is a fantastic name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And and uh, like I said last week, I actually played a little bit more, um, got into it a little bit more than I than I was last week. And I know Jared bought it, and he's been playing the hell out of it. But and I'm yes. sure he's farther than I am. Um, <clears throat> but I'll, I'll start because I, I know Jared's just chomping the, at the bit to talk for sixty minutes. Um, why are you gonna be like it's that? Really, Because it's true. Because it's true. (laughs) If it weren't true, Jared, we wouldn't have enacted this. So anyway, (laughs) Uh, it's a really neat game. It's uh, really well done. It's but it's pretty straightforward. It's an action game. Kind of reminds you of a little bit of a 3D spy hunter at times. Uh, It breaks up the monotony a little bit, though. You get some different vehicles. You get to power up your stuff. Um, It's it's a lot of boss battles, which I noticed. But it's pretty neat because it's almost like you're in in like this Hollywood stunt movie where what you can do is if you're driving, you can, you know, pull up to another car and also this little arrow comes up. And if you hit the D pad in the direction the arrow is pointing, you'll actually leap over to the car and you can actually take the dudes out that are driving it just by using your pistol instead of trying to take the whole vehicle out. 
the other cool part about it is then you take their vehicle. So you basically get a whole new life bar. So if your car is really horribly damaged, you take somebody else's car, boom. Now you've got this, this great brand new car. And if it's got like a rocket launcher on it or a machine gun or whatever else, you get to use those weapons. So I thought that was a really neat uh, game design that you don't really see in a lot of things where, I mean, it's kind of like a GTA thing to a certain extent, but I don't remember a lot of GTA vehicles having weapons either. There were a couple. Um, Well, yeah, a couple. But, uh, you know, I love the cheesy storyline. I love the cheesy voice acting um, for the most part. And there there actually is some decent voice acting on a couple of the characters. But, you know, the, the stereotypical the, big black dude with the cornrows is pretty over the top. Some pretty bad reports. Uh, he's, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, the graphics are really good. They're very colorful, very smooth. I never, I've never seen the game really hitch at all. Personally, I have a little bit of a problem going from the D-pad or from the analog stick to the D-pad when I'm driving, um, but that's just personal. I'm sure a lot of people won't have that issue. Um, music's actually pretty good. I love the music. I really enjoyed I this great. game. I mean, I you know, it, I, I I thank Sony for sending it to us or to me <laughs> um, to review it. It is a really neat game, and it's got it's got to be long. Because I'm pretty far into it, and it's only saying I'm about 10% in. I, I just can't believe I'm not, not that far in. Um, it's got four-player four multiplayer via ad hoc mode, uh, which I haven't tried because I don't know three other people that have this game. I don't know if it supports game sharing at all. I'm not sure. But I don't, anyway, think, it, I don't um, think it does. You know, for, for a flat-out just action game, this is a really good choice. Uh, it... it I would recommend this game quite a bit, actually. I don't know what the price point is, but it's thirty man, bucks. I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. So, Jared, go to it, man. Okay, uh, I was a pretty big fan of the original Pursuit Force on PSP, and uh, the best. What I can say about uh, Pursuit Force Extreme Justice, it does everything that uh, the original Pursuit Force did better. It just feels a lot tighter. The driving feels a little bit tighter. There's a lot more variety in the missions. The storyline's better. Well, there is a storyline. That's a start. Um, and it's just over the top, and there's a lot of different uh, vehicles, a lot of different things you can do with them, a lot of different weapons. Uh, they still The on-foot segments are still not very good. Uh, have you gotten to an on-foot segment yet? No. Hello? No? Well, yeah, so the, the on-foot segments aren't very no. good. No, I haven't. Uh, but I'll tell you what I think. Uh, I know you're comparing it to an eight, like an action movie, but it what it reminds me of is like a really cheesy late '80s Saturday morning cartoon. That's the vibe I'm getting when I when I play this. Just uh, just some just really cheesy dialogue and just crazy over the top antics. Uh, your rival Viper Squad against the Pursuit Force. Uh, you know that it's just really great, and everything it does, it does it. It's just very smooth, and it works very well. It's just a fun game to play, and not only that, it was designed for the ground up as a portable game. The levels are pretty short; they're no more than like three, four minutes at a time. Uh, just overall, I think it's a really great game. Uh, definitely worth, uh, definitely worth playing, especially if you like the first one. All it does is improve on it, but I think for the next iteration, I kind of want to see something maybe done a little more with the. With the idea, and here's what I'm thinking. Bring this up to the PS3 and just have the craziest, like, 
particle effects and explosions and just all the different things you can do with the cell processor to make just some of the craziest action car chase sequences in the history of games. They could probably do something really cool there. But overall, this is a really great game. Doesn't do a lot different from the original, but I think it's all right. Definitely recommend it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, okay, man. I'm, I'm going to get the timer. Oh. It's time for Jared. It's what time? he's been waiting for all week. Oh, it's yes. time. Yes, yes, yes. You have 10 minutes. You ten have minutes? 10 minutes. Okay. Tell me when to go. 10 minutes <laughs> to talk about to talk about your your little your just wet dream. Devil May Cry 4. Yes. And you can start in 3 2 1. Okay, so this is Devil May Cry 4. It's brought out by uh it's brought out by Capcom. Uh, it's for the PlayStation 3 and 360. I'm looking at the PS3 version, and uh, let me get some prefaces out of the way real quick before I just go into psycho mode about this. This is my genre. Of all the kind of games that I like to play, I love third-person hack and slashes with deep combo systems, great mechanics, and uh, you know everyone who listens to this who listens to this knows I am just the world's biggest Ninja Gaiden freak. I've bought in that game like three times i've beaten it at least five times i love that game uh, it's probably one of my favorite games of all time at least in the top three but uh i'll tell you what i think devil may cry cry Four just trumped it in a big big way uh devil may cry Four from let's just from a combat standpoint is the deepest most complex and just and it's just gorgeous to look at but it, it's just so deep i mean i've i've put i think about six hours into it i'm on mission seven i haven't even scratched the surface to like how many combos and how many different things you can do with with these different characters uh the game instead of playing as dante who's been the main guy for devil may cry one two and three you play as this guy named nero and he's kind of emo-y and uh the thing about nero is he's got the devil bringer which uh his right arm is a devil arm, basically, and he can grab dudes with it. He can also, like, extend it to grab things. Uh, you know, he can also swing around the levels in certain spots with it, and it brings a whole new dynamic to the classic uh, gameplay of Devil May Cry, which is you've got your sword and you've got your gun, and Nero still has Sounds those. like my devil bringer. Excuse me? Sounds like my devil bringer, but mine's chrome. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, so... He's, it's a classic gameplay. You've got the sword, you've got the uh, got the gun, and now you've got this Devil Bringer that can also you can also throw in different combos. Like imagine uh, throwing a guy in the air with your sword, jumping up, shooting him a couple of times, slashing him a couple of times, then using the Devil Arm to grab him and then throw him into the ground. That's basically the kind of combos you can do in this game, and it all just looks crazy and over the top, and it's fantastic how well it looks. Uh, the story is actually really interesting. Uh, Basically, you're um, you're part of this city, and this whole city is run by a church, and this church worships the uh, the legendary demon slayer Sparta, who is the father of Dante from the first three games. Uh, well, in the middle of a sermon one day, Dante shows up and then shoots the leader of your church in the face, and then he kills everybody. And then you're kind of left uh, with the rest of your group, and they send you out to go kill Dante on this crazy adventure full of demons slashing things up and really cheesy dialogue. Um, sounds like Scientology. 
I could see that. Uh, the story is awesome because it is presented in the most over-the-top, crazy, well-choreographed cutscenes. Some of the best cutscenes I've ever seen in a game. It's right up there with Heavenly Sword. Uh, you know, it's lots of really different things you can do with the gameplay, um, with the cutscenes. Uh, you can move around the camera, but they're just extremely well choreographed. You can do, they're just really fantastic to look at. And while the story might not be the deepest around, it's actually pretty hokey because these cutscenes are so just fun to watch. And the dialogue is so, so it's kind of the bad, so bad it's good thing. Or let me give you a, one of my favorite lines so far. Okay, I'll let him go. But if he acts up again, I'm just gonna have to kick his ass. And you know, if you think that's bad, there there's tons of lines like that. But in Devil May Cry, it's really all about the combat, and they just nail it. it they hit it out of the park. There's so many things you can do with Nero, um, so many different moves. I mean, like I said, I haven't even scratched the surface. I want to get better. But the thing that sets Devil May Cry is. Um, combat aside from something like ninja gaiden is well ninja gaiden is more button combinations and different like hit him with a little x hit him with a little y that kind of thing it's more about the timing on devil may cry for it so it's like triangle triangle pause triangle 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 tap triangle a bunch of times that's that's a combo uh you want to throw him in the air back triangle uh you know and your sword what's here's the best part your sword is you can actually rev it up like a motorcycle. So you rev up your sword to power it up. Uh, that brings a whole new mechanic. So if it's at like level 2 revved up, your attacks can, you can do different attacks. Also, if you're new to the series, you can, uh, there's also a feature that was originally only in easy mode, but now you can do it on both easy and normal, which is called Human and uh, Demon Hunter. It's called Automatic. And basically, in Automatic, all you, can do, all you have to do is just press a bunch of buttons and you'll get some really sweet combos. Now, if you're a noob to the series, you're probably going to want to start there. It'll just it, you'll still get the grasp of what the combat's like. But you know, if you like me and you've been playing this series for years, you're going to want to stick with the manual, unless you're a pussy. If uh, yeah, yes, uh, graphics look great. Uh, lots of great, lots of great uh, textures. The in games, the cinemas are all in game. Uh, it. Everything just looks really, really good. The The sound is great. If you don't like the classic techno shred metal that's uh, that's been in Devil May Cry 4 for years, you're not going to like the soundtrack here. But, you know, while it is hokey and it's not something I would listen to in my car, it sounds really great uh, in the game and in the context of what they're doing. Uh, there's Some people have been complaining about the backtracking that they... That, Here's the thing. Apparently, about two-thirds of the way through the game, I'm on Chapter 7, and apparently at Chapter 12, the game shifts from Nero to Dante. And then in, in, as Dante, you play like shorter versions of some of the levels you were playing as Nero, and you explore some of the same environments. Some people have been complaining about that, like, oh, that's not a, very, that's not a, that's a cheap way to extend your gameplay. But honestly, in a game like this where it's all about combat, that's really not a complaint because... Dante plays completely differently from Nero. So even though you're going through the same environments, if you're playing the game for the combat, it's going to be a completely different experience. And spoiler! Oh, I didn't... Yeah, I was just going to say, spoiler alert! <laughs> it's pretty well known at this point. Uh, well, now it is. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jared. You're taking up my time! Shut up! So, um, Okay, I thought you went to 
watch Lost. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, uh, I forgot to watch Lost. Okay, I'm adding oh. a minute because you guys are distracting me. Uh, so I can't do that. The thing about the uh, the PS3 version and the 360 version is they're pretty much identical. The only difference is the PS3 version you have to have a five gigabyte, about twenty five to thirty minute install time, which uh, makes a couple of the load times a second or two shorter. It's a pretty seamless experience. Um, actually, officially, it was timed at twenty two minutes. I can't believe somebody actually decided to take a stopwatch to that. Just let it run and then enjoy the madness. There's, there's a lot start. of blogs out there with people that have a lot of time on their hands. Well, they should have less time. You know how many games there are to play right now? Once again, adding another minute, you're distracting me. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm go- adding to what you're talking about. <laughs> you gave me ten minutes. Me! Yeah, After the ten minutes, if you guys you have need. any questions, I can answer them. So... Uh, Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the versions are minimal. There's also a collector's edition, which apparently is pretty hard to get. If you didn't get it now, you're probably not going to get it. It's a really nice set. It's got, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes features, steel case, uh, nice case. It's also got the Volume 1 of the Devil May Cry anime series, which is a $20 DVD by itself. So it's, it's a pretty nice, you know, special thing to put in there. And you can also send away to get, like, a coupon for the next one and a full DVD case. So, you know, overall... This game, you know, there are a couple problems. Uh, one of the things that's big on me is that as someone who played the hell out of DMC 3, I got kind of used to the difficulty of Devil May Cry 3, and they've definitely toned it down quite a bit. Uh, Demon Hunter mode, which I guess is the game's normal, is pretty easy. Uh, if you're if you're a veteran of these uh, of Devil May Cry 3 and you played a lot of Devil May Cry 3, you're probably going to kick the game's ass pretty much. Uh, so I'm. I really want to get into the harder modes, the Son of Sparta mode, and the. I don't. I don't dare touch the Dante Must Die mode because that is just masochistic. Um. So, to conclude, Devil May Cry Four is a phenomenal game. If it stays this good, as as good as it is right now, I got to say this is probably the best game on the system. Now, once again, this is for me. I like. This is my kind of game. I love these games. And I, I love the kind of experience that Devil May Cry 4 is. I love the series. I love the story. It's probably the best game on the system. Uh, it might be the best game of this console generation. And once again, for me, my kind of series. So uh, if you love these kind of games, you definitely need to play Devil May Cry 4. It's a must-play. It's a must-buy. It's just phenomenal from top to bottom. Uh, I, It's awesome. How much time do I have left? You'll find out. All you gotta do is say, best game ever. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna go that far. I'm not gonna go yeah, that right, far. That's done. You're oh, done. You're hey. done. Ten minutes are done. Ten minutes are done. That's it. Okay. I'm gonna take a breather. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if you breathed sometime today. Okay. So while he's, while he's breathing, Ter- Terry, you, you always. Yes, sir. You know, every time that you're around Mark and I, you start telling us these awesome stories. And you always say that nobody ever wants to hear them. And Mark and I, what do we always say? Yes, we want to hear these. We're geeks. Yeah, we want to hear them. We, we hang on your every man. word when you tell geeks. us this stuff. Because you're the trick man. <laughs> so I want you, I'm putting you on the spot right now. I want you to tell us one of those stories. Oh, if boy. it's the Jim Power story, that's fine. I don't care. I want to hear one of your cool EGM stories. You know yeah, what the best I'll, one I'll is. I'll tell the... What? No, I'm just saying, you know what, what the I... best one is. Yeah. Maybe. There's a lot of best ones. <laughs> the best one ever. But anyway, um, <laughs> the one I'm going to tell you is the Jim Power story. So, yeah, you're getting your wish. Okay. 
so should I preface it? Do you want to preface this one with uh, well, you know, like we were walking how around, that even came about? <laughs> where, where were we? We were at that record world, right? Record head. Yeah. <clears throat> record head. Oh, record head. Where, where we found yeah. the $2 uh, Blu-rays and everything. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So we're walking around. Tell the nights, right. Yeah. We're walking around and looking at all these games. It's a nice place, but it's kind of overpriced. But all of a sudden, Terry $2 just pops Blu-ray? his head up. Yeah. Terry, Terry just pops his head up. And he's got this Super Nintendo cartridge in his hand. He's like, hey, Jim Power. And he's got this really cool story about it. So, like, out of nowhere, he's just, he just told us a story. And, and, of course, Mark and I were like, no way, really? And we kept asking him about the whole, like, the rest of the day. So, there's there's your preface. Tell us the story. Okay. Jim Power, um, probably, like, a, cu- a year or two after I was at EGM, um, we started testing... Uh, potential editors when we actually had um, an opening or two uh, with a certain game because once we found out how this game played and how difficult it was, we were just like, this is the game to test people on to see if they've got any game playability whatsoever. Um, And the game was called Jim Power, The Lost Dimension in 3D for Super Nintendo. Wow. (laughs) And now... Granted, it's called the Lost Dimension in 3D. There's no real 3D in this game. At least There's as no far 3D as I've ever glasses seen. that comes with this game. Wait, <laughs> at all. But didn't that but, game? Isn't that the one that came with 3D glasses? No, I, I don't think it did. I'm really? pretty sure that came with those those Captain EO 3D glasses. It wasn't. They weren't red and blue. They were like the other. I thought that was the game that came with them. It might have, but um, when we had you know EPROMs in the office, we didn't. We didn't, uh, you know, have any of those types of things. But it, believe me, it didn't need them. Uh, it was the the amount of parallax scrolling was just I don't know. It, it it was just so deep that it was just nuts. It it drove your eyes just completely bonkers. <laughs> so it so this was just crazy nauseating amount of parallax scrolling, and it was just incredibly hard. I mean, cheap hits everywhere and. It was just impossible to do. Most people could not get past level one, so it was just, just crazy with impossible time jumps and all kinds of things. So this is what we tested the candidates on, and we we just basically like put people to the test. We just sat back and we're we're just like enjoying the show. We're just like, okay, they're gonna just die, <laughs> evil, and, and, and we're just gonna like. And we're just gonna laugh at them. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was kind of the gaming nerd thing when, but, whenever you worked at EB or GameStop or whatever you wanted to call it. You know, there's that sense of empowerment. Oh, I'm better than you are. But at the same time, it's right. pretty funny that you tested them on that game. I remember playing that game, and it was God, it was just insane. Nuts. Actually, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Um, yeah. Together with the 3D glasses that were packaged with the game, this oh, provided a unique go. 3D experience for the time when polygonal 3D graphics were rudimentary and too expensive to implement. So I was right. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. right for once in, the, in in this week. Maybe so. it was so hard because you didn't have the glasses. Ah. <laughs> no, I don't think It was so. hard because it sucked. <laughs> just- it was, yeah, yeah, basically the game did suck. And it was... And it was just so impossible. Just like if if anybody can even get remotely like three quarters of the way through that first level, then you know they had potential. So because back in those days, it 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 really mattered if you were a gamer first and a writer second. That's that's what we tested people on. Is like, do you have the love of games? Do you, do you know how to play games? Okay, 
Oh, and and by the way, can you write? And now it's and now it can it it tends to be the other way around. So very true. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, we were all gamers first, and um, that's you know that's just the story of like how we, you know. Uh, we tested some of the That's people awesome. who were potential uh, EGM editors uh, for coming on board. So that was our little evil way of, of finding out if they were uh, if they you know had what it took to become <laughs> one of those oh, cool. elite. <laughs> at, le- at least you didn't test them on a game that you knew was broken, like completely broken. Where if you got to a certain point, it would just like stop <laughs> and really screw with their heads. Did I yeah, press pause go up on that accidentally? Ledge. Um, yeah, you're going to be tested on Bubsy 3D. Ooh. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> no, we never were. We weren't that mean. <laughs> or on um, uh, Club Drive on the on the Jaguar. Oh, oh God. Geez. Air cars. <laughs> oh, air, yeah, even worse. Oh, <laughs> we'll have to you do a... We'll have to do a <laughs> yeah, Atari <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> Worst console um, ever. Actually, oh, hey, I'll tell you what. I have some very cool games on my Jaguar, so I'm never gonna... I mean, there aren't a lot, but... Tempest 2000. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know, one there's your cool game. game. With the rotary <laughs> controller, that... It's worth owning See, that system in that game with that rotary controller. That is an amazing controller. It That almost makes the game a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, look at the MGC last year when they had their little competition going, and we didn't want uh, Sheldon to win. So, yeah, so you just jumped in and you and you trounced everybody. Well, no, I, I didn't tell that one dude um, that actually referees for Twin Galaxies. I can't. I never remember the guy's name, uh, but the guy with the longer Walter hair. Walter Day. Walter Day. Oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> you said referees. Walter Day was there. Wow. <laughs> I said one of the referees for Twin Galaxies. Jeez. Yeah, I anyway. can't think of the guy's name either. But, but he, anyway. he, I, I knew he was a really big Jaguar guy. And I had talked to him before, and and because uh, I went to one of the earlier MGCs when it was at a high school, and I talked to him for quite a while, and and really it was just about keeping Sheldon off of it, and and he kept looking over my shoulder when I was playing the game, and you know the TFL guys are just sitting there laughing their asses off because we just didn't want this, and and I'll pre- well, I think we talked about this last year when I talked about the MGC, but there was this guy that. Uh, he's just a weirdo. He's one of the gaming weirdos that makes a lot of gamers look bad, and. He shows up and he just sits down right away and he starts playing this game and he he's a really annoying guy and we all call him Sheldon because he looks like a Sheldon. He just looks like a Sheldon. <laughs> it's not even his real name. Yeah, it's not even his real name. And he found out that, that people were calling him Sheldon and he emailed into TFL to correct them, you know. Um, he did? I didn't hear <laughs> oh, about yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they they recorded an, an, an yeah they recorded an interview with him that they never played, but they were they just did it to basically shut him up. Oh, I want to hear but that. This other guy uh, that that referees for Twin Galaxies, um, he kind of knew about it, and I was talking to him about it in the museum. And sure enough, he sat down, and I walked over to the TFL guys. And I said, "My score's done." I said, "He'll he'll trounce it," and he did. He he trounced it, but I mean. Like I said, I wasn't really playing for the prize or anything else. I was just trying to keep Sheldon off the game. <laughs> now, Terry, were Sheldon you... is, is a permanent fixture in, in the uh, VG Evo chat box. Yeah? <laughs> the, the, oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot he about is. that. Not um, the shout box, but the chat box. There is a chat oh, box. Oh, yeah, the, cha- the chat box use. that nobody uses. Yeah. yeah we yeah, use it occasionally. Use the shout. Yeah. Um, now, Terry, were you anyway. at the uh, CES that they had the, the play the Sushi X at Street Fighter? Booth, you know, I think so, but, but you don't remember. You were too I, drunk. That, that, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you needed help Trunk with all the codes. No, I I wasn't I wasn't at every uh every show. Sometimes they had to have people stay back to, you know, to hold the fort down basically like like, like when people were at the show and they would send something back, we had to work on it for the issues. And right. so I I might have missed that one, but I I remember all the stories in the pictures, so. I actually, well, man, we're going to digress here, but I remember one story from CES that um I th- I think is one that I should tell. Um, I knew John Brensetter really well, and that, that was Johnny Turbo um, for the Turbo Graphics fans oh, yes. out there. He's the guy I dealt with all the time at Turbo. And um, we were walking around one of the CESs, and I think it was in Chicago when they actually debuted Street Fighter Two on the SNES. And we were talking about, we just kept coming up with this idea of, and this is before it was actually announced for the Turbo, but we were going to take a Turbo Express, and we were we were going to use the TV tuner and actually put Street Fighter 2 on the Turbo Express and show it on the Turbo Express like we were playing it on there. And we were going to take a picture of it and send it to EGM. And and basically, oh, hey, Street Fighter 2 is coming up for the Turbo. And then, of course, it got released about a year later. But, I mean, we had all yeah. these people convinced that, oh, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to send it into EGM. We're going to do this. I, I, I so wish we would have gone through with it because I think that would have actually been a great April Fool's one for you guys. You didn't send you didn't send something like that in because for some reason I remember getting a picture something like that. Oh man, did we do it? <laughs> <laughs> maybe because maybe, maybe you did send it. I don't in know. Did you? I I do recall Gosh. getting something, and then we're like, no, there's no way that might have been us. <laughs> we we talked about it for quite a bit, unless they did it after they went back to California. But um, yeah, man, there's I think one show it should just be. Uh, Terry and I, we can tell CES stories for two hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've got a ton yeah, of them. Was nuts. We'll get Adam on too. He went to a bunch of them with me. PS3 Nation after hours. Hey. <laughs> why, why not steal everything from TFL? What the hell? There you go. We'll steal Mo too. <laughs> Confirm. Mo on next week. Anyway. Steal his bald head um, that you can barely see off the top of his laptop. Oh, now that's not nice. Way to kill it. Way to kill the mood. Jeez. All right, Terry. Well, well, you're come up with one more story because we might need another one tonight. <clears throat> oh, jeez. Yeah. So start thinking now. <laughs> well, now you, you got some time though because um, <laughs> we're gonna go to Mark now, and uh, he was kind of mentioning me. this last week. Hey, it's Mark, Woo-hoo! and you were mentioning this last week, but um, you got to play around with it finally, and that was what is it? Desaman Desaman Yeah, Desaman Plus, the uh, import PS1 game that was released on PSN. That's Oh, it really is just a, a little tool to make shmups. Um, it, it's actually pretty cool. Um, some of the features yeah. are a little more basic than I thought they would be. So you're basically, you are limited to a vertically scrolling game. You can't change what the power-ups are. Like, you, they'll always be, like, the missile spread, the standard shot, the homing shot. But you can change the actual graphics of the bullets. And it looks like you have two bombs to select from. Um, everything is icon based, so you know, really, the language barrier—it's not non-existent, but there really isn't much of one. And there's just a couple menus you'll have to figure out what do, and it's pretty easy. Um, the one thing that does suck is that it does not appear to support a mouse. I tried a USB mouse oh. plugged into the PS3, and nothing. Um, it well, also I mean, does it not was a su- PS1 game, so right, but it does support the PS1 mouse. So I'm going to oh, track really? one down and try it out. Um, if if it'll work with that Pelican adapter, it'll be awesome. Because otherwise, 
creating your own graphics is going to be a pain in the ass because it doesn't support analog either, or only digital. I think this was actually Ooh. out before um, the DualShock was ever introduced to PS1. But yeah, I haven't made anything yet. I've just kind of played around with it, but you can make all your own graphics for your ship, the enemy ships, the bullets. You can actually make your own music. It's like kind of like a little Mario Paint music maker. Oh, cool. And, you know, yeah, th this actually started as a Super Nintendo game or a Super Famicom game in Japan, and this was just sort of an upgrade of it. Um, the, the one nice thing is, I was right... I think you can easily share the save files because I was able to grab my PS1 save file for it off of the PS3 and put it on a flash drive and put it on a computer. Nice. So if we can make nice. stuff, we should be able to share it really easily. And it, uh, one game or one save game takes up an entire PS1 memory card, but since you know the PS3 wow. is virtual memory cards, it doesn't really matter. Right. Right, yeah, and that's not that big anyway. Much. Yeah. And actually, there, there, what is there, like four canned shmups on there already? No, there's more than that, actually. Um, oh, I, I only saw four. There's, like, the two main options for the, the big ones, but then if you select the bottom two options on that same screen, they say Contest 1 and Contest 2, and there's actually a whole bunch in there. There's some cute-em-ups with, like, a little fairy. Um, there's one oh, that's, like, so a crab underwater, and then it goes, like, into a swamp huh. after in a second level. There's some crazy stuff. There's also videos... Of other ones that it looks like they don't have the games for on there, but Those some people did some submissions. Yeah, there's some crazy Holy stuff. Shit. People did like their own little cinematic scenes in the games and stuff. It's really oh, really sweet. cool. And this and this cost us like roughly five bucks. Yeah. Um, thank you so much to DJ Mizuhara, our our good friend over in Japan, for giving us a five thousand yen PSN card, and uh, I put the credits on there. And actually, it was kind of funny because when when I got that. I was going through a bunch of the games and I'm typing them out to him. I'm like, uh, looks like this kind of game. And he's like, no, it sucks. All of a sudden, I'm going through all of them and I found this little baseball game for the PS1. Never heard of it. I have no idea what it is. But I was like, eh, five bucks. So I grabbed it and it's a fun little baseball game. Yeah, I actually so, played a little of that. It was, it's cute. I, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I mean, it's it's got a ton of stadiums. It's only about eight meg for God's. I mean, it's, it's a really small game or 80 meg. Yeah. I thought it um, had like some of the download quit or something. Yeah, it's tiny, but man, it's it's a really good little game. So, and, and yeah, I, I, I played around with this Dezaman Plus. I'm gonna get the name wrong forever, but um, I, I played a couple of the, the canned shmups. I didn't really get into the editing stuff at all, but man, there's some really neat stuff in this game. And and I mean, I again for five bucks, it's, it's really cool that we found this. Mm -hmm. I wish they get some of this stuff over here. No kidding. And I would like to thank you, Sony of America. As this was going on, you gave us. Crash 3. Yay. <laughs> uh, nay. Yeah, Yay. but uh, if you get into the Desimon stuff, I started a Desimon thread on VG Evo. Um, obviously, we'll kind of start with Desimon Plus, but at some point I want to pick up the Saturn Desimon 2 because that expands all the options. But I don't want to get ahead of myself, so if I can actually make something with this one first, I'll get to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Put, uh, put trying to run before you walk. Baby Ooh, steps. Deep. Baby step. Ooh, that was deep. All right. <laughs> so, um, I mean, but are, are you are you pretty excited about this? Or are you, you going to be bored with it right away? Or you, I mean, no, I think it's really cool. My only concern is really um, whether or not the mouse is going to work because I don't want to have to sit there and go pixel by pixel to draw stuff. Ugh. Well, there you have it, kids. If anybody knows where he can get a PS1 mouse, please send an email into podcast at ps3nation.org or post it in the Desmond um, 
thread on the on the forums on VGEVO.com. eBay? They're like 40 bucks. Whoa. Oh. Ooh. So, you know, we need our community to really help out here. Start checking all the um, yeah. all the used stores in your area. Find us one, kids. We should call... We st- I'll, I'll start doing like Bob and Brian do in Milwaukee. We'll call them the Throbbing Brain. Because no matter what, somebody out there has got to have the answer for us. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let, let's, let's go on. And I know that Terry really... I think Terry saw this before any of us. But... Uh, yeah, it's not in the theater. Yeah, I, and I, actually, there's there's a lot of backlash now a little bit uh, out on the Twin Galaxies uh, site, and it's actually a great read. Uh, but we're talking about the King of Kong that just came out on DVD a couple weeks ago. And uh, well, Terry, you know, you're you're I think you're the oldest one out of all of us by a little bit. So why don't you yeah, kind of let us for, know what this is all about? Noting that, <laughs> actually, I think I think you're only like two months older than me. Yeah, like both that. Jared's father. <laughs> <laughs> no, my two dads. <laughs> I, will n- I would never take credit for that. You don't have to, Glenn. You don't have to. <laughs> Thank God. So, Terry, um, what's yeah. this movie all about? Well, it's about uh, this guy Steve Weeby, and uh, he's basically uh, like a was he a middle school science teacher? Yep, middle yeah, and, something like that. Um, yeah, and he uh, basically just hasn't done a lot in his life that he's been very proud of, and you know he doesn't feel very accomplished. But he found solace in uh, in playing uh, like old classic games such as Donkey Kong, uh, because they used to, I guess he used to do it in college, and he used to be pretty good at it. So um, he found the Twin Galaxies website, and he decided to go for the score, the the top score on Donkey Kong. He found out that Billy Mitchell um, was the top guy. Uh, can I can I ask something real quick from you guys? Have any of you actually met Billy yeah. Mitchell or Walter Day or any of these guys? Because I know the Fremont guys have. I've met Billy Mitchell and I've met Walter Day. What do you think of I've, both? I've of met them? neither. I really didn't talk to Billy Mitchell too much. Um, he seemed nice enough. I I mean, the movie does portray him in a certain way. Um, Walter Day is a genuinely nice guy. He's just, he, he, he's a nice guy. I mean, there's not a lot you can say about him. Um, you you got to commend him for what he's doing. I mean, he's really almost a one man show on keeping a lot of this stuff going. I mean, you know, th- th- I watched all the extras on the DVD and, and they said they were pretty much just lucky to be there the day that Guinness called him. And basically, they're the official scorekeepers or the official source for any right. Guinness records that have to do with video gaming, uh, for arcade gaming. So they said it was just luck that they were there the day that Guinness called. Um, Billy Mitchell, I mean, he, he, let's face it, on the DVD and the movie, he looks like a total D-bag. Um, he, I, I think he's just trying to project this image that people have made him out to be. But, you know, I've watched the movie twice now, and... I mean, it's definitely edited in a certain way where, like, uh, oh, who's that, Brandon Koo? I mean, that guy oh, just looks Mi- like he just wants to suck Billy Mitchell's dick hey, the whole time. A, there's a kill screen on Donkey oh, Kong yeah. coming up. You guys want to see it? <laughs> yeah, you might want to check yeah. out this kill screen on Donkey Kong. Oh. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he's well, like the, the prodigy. Well, there's, there's some, I've heard this argument. There's some things you can't edit. You can't edit to make Billy Mitchell say, 
Oh yeah, losing's hard. I, I should try it sometime. You can't make him edit say, "Oh, I'm not familiar enough with uh, the situation to discuss it right. at all." You know. Well, I think that's his way of saying I just have no comment. But um, the the thing I really took out of this movie, especially after reading um, Walter Day's comments out on on Twin Galaxies, is this: the classic gaming crowd especially the ones that are going for scores that are trying to get the kill screens is a very tight knit crowd. And when Steve Weeby came in and they didn't know who he was, I mean, they did treat him different and they admitted that they treated him different because they didn't know who he was. But at the same time, it was almost like this little geek circle that nobody else was a part of. And once somebody came in and rocked the boat, well, all hell broke loose. It reminds me of the uh, six-year-olds with the tree fort with the no girls allowed sign out front of it. Yeah, there's there's a sign like that on Jared's door, too. His mom put it on there. Anyway. Okay, I, I give <laughs> She's up on still thinking. allowed in, though. <laughs> no, Jared didn't give up on girls. Girls gave up on Jared. <laughs> Oh, that's just me. I'm sorry, it was too easy. It was that's too soon. Mean. Um, Leave the so. boy tree alone. He's a very handsome young man. I I am a bit dashing, I would say. I'm not even going there. A very um, little bit. Anyway, so so I mean, you know, Terry, you've got some. You've got Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior in your machine, don't you? Yeah, I sure do. And uh, and. I think they're I actually played hard Donkey games. Kong. Oh, those are hard games. <laughs> yes, the, you know, well, that was, you know, it's, it's Miyamoto that, that designed the Donkey Kong. That was his first game that he designed. And, I mean, when you look at the intricacies of that game and, and how it's not scripted and how it's so random, and just to see, you know, these guys battling back and forth trying to get this score, and, and on the DVD, you know, they show kind of the aftermath after the movie was released, but before the DVD came out, what happened, and... The score has gone back and forth, but again, if you go out to um, Twin Galaxies, Walter Day really explains a lot of the stuff where Steve Weeby actually held the record for three years, and they didn't really show that on, on, on the movie. Yeah, there's a lot cut out, it looks like. Oh, yeah, you need to get past what they're actually portraying on the movie, and really, I mean, watching it a second time really helped, but I'll try to put those links up on uh, the show notes, or the link out to the forums at Twin Galaxies to... It is a fascinating read of what Walter Day put up there about all the different things. He has basically he put about six different threads up about um, his take on certain uh, things in the movie. And um, he explains them very well, actually a little bit too well. because He's like, I, Walter Day, took take full responsibility for this. But, he takes um, his job very seriously. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice, he's a nice guy, and he, he, and he, he's, he's he doesn't want nice anybody, guy. he doesn't want anybody to, you know, take anything bad away from the, the experience. Right. And I, it's um, it's great to get this movie though, because I mean, these are the games that we grew up with. This is, I don't know how much I spent on Donkey Kong when I was a kid and Donkey Kong Junior. So, I, I don't know. I got us. Well, I and I've played some Donkey Kong stuff too, but I looked at the movie from a very different light. You guys are looking at at it as like hey check out this movie about a guy's playing video games i looked at it as a character study of two very different people and this this tight-knit group of people that are in this community and video games really are just the 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 backdrop to the the fascinating and kind of sad world that these guys live in i mean we look take a step back 
realize what these people are doing. They're flying out to Seattle and breaking into a guy's garage. Uh, they're well, flying halfway across see, the that, world. That would, see, but that's the thing. That, that, yeah. that story yeah. alone was actually <laughs> refuted, and they didn't break in. They were invited yeah. in, and that's the thing. Right. You really need to go out and read that stuff. And actually, I would almost this say is the spin. go out and read those threads before you watch the movie to get a really good perspective on it. And I really, personally, I think I got more out of the movie after reading what Walter Day had written about it because then you're looking at other things. And it's not really just about the games, but it's about a different time. I mean, these guys were, what was it, Life Magazine? Yeah, no, Time. Yeah, Time. time. They, they take was, this, I mean, at yeah. the time, this was huge. And this is something that was right in the middle of my childhood. I was probably in fifth, sixth grade, something like that, when this was all going on. And it, it's it, it really takes me back to those those times. And I actually was like, oh, man, I really want to play Donkey Kong all of a sudden. But at the same time, it, it, it I don't know, I, it, it's a must-see to everybody that, that's a gamer. I don't care if, you, if you're if you 19, if you're 12, whatever, if you're 40, you really do need to see this movie. But you need to take it for what it is and and know that there's a lot of editing to make things look a certain way. So it's the and Michael Moore you do that, of editing? It's not as yeah, bad as Michael Moore, but no, it's, it's close. It's a good versus evil uh, spin basically that they didn't even intend i guess to film the film the um, the movie this way but it just turned out to be that they found the story when they when they found right. Steve Weeby well, and they were just like wow this this is this is an even better story that we've got here than than we originally came up with so we're going to go in this direction so what was yeah, it originally a bunch of different was it originally supposed to be like a documentary about the just classic gaming scene and then it just turned into Steve Weeby versus Billy Mitchell Pretty much, they sent out a kind bunch of. of different crews, and they were following a lot of different gamers that were trying to break scores. And they, said yeah, you'll see a lot of the footage um, that that was that was uh, cut out of the movie. That's that's in the um, the extras, and and there's a there's a lot of people that they interviewed and and uh, did a lot of um, you know uh, just talking to them about their experiences that didn't even make it in because they because they wanted to keep the spin. Yeah, it. It's a fascinating movie. I mean, and like I said, you know, with my little one word review on the forums, it's brilliant. It is just, it's so great to watch this movie. And and like I said, you, you need to see it. Um, I, I don't know, especially with Billy Mitchell. I mean, he's so well known with people like my age group and, and Terry's age group because this is the guy that held five different world records. He held Pac-Man. He's, he's the only guy that's ever played a perfect game on Pac-Man. That means yeah, every dot, every, energi- energi- ah, every energizer, every ghost when you hit the power pills, uh, every single thing. And uh, this is a guy that is really, really good at classic games. But to have this little, you know, quote unquote, upstart come in out of nowhere that basically owned a Donkey Kong machine in college. And when he hit the kill screen, he thought the board was screwed up and sold the machine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just that's fabulous. so proves he was that good and he didn't even know it. Exactly. <laughs> and and it, there's so many facets to this story, and especially when Steve Weeby's wife just doesn't even care. Well, that, no, that was the best. <laughs> yeah, well, she's there to support her husband. And that's That, to me, was the best shot of the entire movie at, at the very end when you know Steve Weeby's just walking to his family, and they're like, hey, it's Dad, and you know he's the true winner at the end of it. Right. But once again, it's filmed that way. Well, yeah, but it... it it's it's just it's fa- it's fantastic. It, it's it's really well done, and it's a great story. Even though it is contrived a little bit, 
by the by the editors and by the directors. But um, the DVD is great because you get a lot of extras, and and the extras yeah. really actually they they really um, expand a lot on what's going on, on on the extras. And like John Lidke said, he actually had called me and said, you know, have you seen King and Kong yet? And I said, no, I bought it and I, I got to watch it. And he says, go to the special features and just watch the one labeled Walter Day. And it's like about a 10 or 15 minute clip on Walter Day. And it's just following this guy around. And um, he's not a rich man, so you really can't call him eccentric. But man, <laughs> he, is in a, he is on his own plateau. <laughs> Yes, transcendental meditation and all that stuff. Well, he's yeah. in his he's in his own yeah. happy little world, and he ain't hurting nobody. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very true. But he's the nicest it, guy ever. Yeah, it's a funny watch though. It, 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 there's some great funny moments in this movie, and I hate to say it, but there are some true geeks that you are gonna laugh at. Oh yeah. Um, wow. And when um, <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, you'll also probably get a kick out of Billy Mitchell's wife's um, extremities. Oh my god! Yeah, those things are going to put somebody's eye out. No, it's funny when I saw that in theater. Um, there was uh, she popped up on screen, and you literally saw one guy in the front row point upwards and go, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Not <in> my <laughs> theater. <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, I mean, and Mark, you haven't gotten to see this yet, have you? No, I just arrived from Netflix today, but I don't even need to watch it now. You guys have pretty much just ruined the entire movie <laughs> no, for no, me. No, 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 no we didn't. No, no, you need we to spoiler! The, the content <laughs> no, you, you is just really fantastic. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll probably be watching it tomorrow night. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so, rented, buy it, whatever, but you, you guys, you all need to see this movie. It's it's just completely brilliant. Uh, like I said, I will put the link to the... Um, the rebuttal from Walter Day on the show notes and uh, definitely go out and read it. Uh, the, the radio interview that they transcribed is a little long, but there's some really good stuff in there as well. Um, basically showing Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe on a radio show together, talking to each other quite friendly, actually. I mean, it, it I mean, it really shows that they haven't completely, um, uh, you know, kept themselves away from each other. So, well, they, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool. They do make Billy Mitchell out to be just the most evil son of a bitch ever. But he does make good hot sauce. I've had it. You have had the hot sauce? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've had the hot sauce. Is it good? It's very good. All right. It's very good. Yeah. And, and uh, just to add to all that, I mean, definitely go to um, the show notes and, and check all that out. But um, when I found out that we were talking about the Cam Kong DVD, um, I contacted Game Room Magazine, and I asked if they would let me, uh, they would let VG Evo reprint the King of Kong articles that they did. They did a three-part nice. series. And they interviewed a lot of the people behind the scenes as well. So I, I, said, yeah. I said, yeah, please let us do this. And they said, sure, no problem. And so uh, the first of the, of the uh, three-part series is already up on, on VG Evo on the front page. So you can get some more perspective on it as well. It's got the interv- it's got an interview with Walter Day from um, one of the guys and everything. So it it kind of goes into uh, a lot of detail. I'll probably put up one a week, and so you know people don't get bored right away. Wow, well, nice so job, Terry. Yeah, yeah. Give it a shot. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> this next one's going to be pretty short because I actually haven't played a lot of this yet. Um, okay. Although I did play it over remote play to see how it worked, and it worked very well. But. Um, Pixel Junk Monsters. We we kind of teased this a little bit. Um, I know Jared, you've probably played quite a bit of it. 
I've, I've uh, put, I think I think I've beat about six levels, but I'm I'm in a pretty good position to talk about it. Um, Terry and Mark, have you at least played the demo? No, I played a, uh, the first oh, yeah, couple we, levels of the there's game. There's no demo. Oh, actually, there was a demo in Japan. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I downloaded the Japanese oh. demo before I bought the game. As soon as I found out that it was sort of like tower defense, I knew I had to have it, so I down- I downloaded it. Yep. Oh, cool. So we we can all talk about it. It, it um, think of it as well, a very. And, and, I'm, uh, think of it as a very, uh, if I were to just talk about it in one sentence, think of it as a very simplified, casual, uh, cutesy tower defense. But it's very, very hard when it gets later into the game. I bet it does. Yeah. Um, and, and if you haven't played tower defense, which personally I have never played tower defense. Me I either. I it was, but I've never played it. Um, basically, you have this little, I don't even know what to call him, like a witch doctor dude. <laughs> yeah, he's got one Isn't of the like, character from World Heroes. He's Mudman. Hmm? Oh, yeah, <laughs> That's like Mudman. It was like Mudman. Yeah, he kind of like yeah, does remind me of Mudman. Yeah. Um, you walk around with this dude, and you have all these trees, and it, and it's like a little uh, path through all the trees. So on one side of the screen, you've got your little villagers, and all these waves of enemies come from the other side of the screen, and they follow this path. So along the path, you um go up to these trees that are along the path and you can actually turn them into different weapons, be it uh, big towers with crossbows, cannons, anti-air. There's some enemies that walk in, there's some that fly in. Electro And basically shock. you just keep upgrading yeah, you, you, you keep upgrading the, these towers, you keep upgrading a lot of things and you try to take out all these enemies without them taking out your villagers. Sounds very simplistic but it's actually a very fun game. Uh, one of the things that I was really worried about early on, because I didn't know about, you know, how you play the game, I was looking at it. I'm like, God, this looks like something that almost like an RTS where I'm gonna have to have a mouse. But really, it's not because you do everything with this little no. witch doctor character. Yeah, you, you, you walk actually around move with. him around, and uh, he he basically is your cursor. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a cursor. So. I, so far, I'm really enjoying this game. Um, I like it a It's lot. gorgeous to look at. Good sound. Uh, very compelling gameplay, though. It, it's one of those that really... It's nice and simple, but it just pulls you in. And uh, you get hooked on it, But I mean, and the levels do not go quickly. No, and it, it one of the things that I was really surprised is I was really getting into it. It got kind of hectic near the, the end of some of these levels when you're just going after wave after wave and you're running from tower to tower... And one of the things, and there's a really great risk-reward system where if you stand on one of the towers that's already growing, it, towers gain experience by killing enemies, but if you're, if you're standing still at one of the towers, your little guy starts doing like a tiki dance, and that can yeah. also, that also uh, auto-levels auto up your tower, but it takes a while. So you could either like build towers or run around and try to collect hidden coins and stuff. Or you could try to level up your regular towers. And, you know, there's a really good, good strategy of when to build more towers, when to level up your towers, what towers to level up. And, uh, you know, it works really, really well. It's very simple. I think it's one of those games that anybody can play, but yet the, like, the super, hard, quote, hardcore gamers, I think, I think could really get into it. Because there, there is some complexity and strategy there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. I don't know if has, has anybody else tried it over remote play yet? No, no, not yet. 
No. Um, I, I played around with one level on remote play, and uh, we're talking about playing it on the PSP. Works surprisingly well. Uh, the graphics are good enough where it doesn't, uh, you know, screw anything up at all. Uh, really, there's there wasn't any lag that was going to bother me at all because really you're not button mashing or anything else. You're just setting up these towers that actually do a brunt of the work. Um, what you have to do is be able to you know get over to the the trees and and the towers and everything else. Um, it, it came inherently with remote play built into it already, and it works brilliantly. So if you have a PSP that's hooked up to your PS3, this is a game that I'll, I'll admit it. I sat in bed one night playing it before I went to sleep, and I played it way too long. <laughs> So but yeah, it's a definite plus. And it's it's seven ninety. Saber G better not hear. I'm sorry, this. go ahead. Sorry, I was just say Saber G better not hear that because that's that's what she'll say. <laughs> she'll, she'll end up doing that instead. Yeah, <laughs> instead of, instead of paying attention to the trick man. Yeah, oh, yeah. And jerks. No. <laughs> go ahead. It's it's one of those games that's seven ninety nine quote for a limited time. So you know that's I'm sure it'll be ten bucks in like a month, but it's definitely worth picking up. It's a great little game. Uh, it's it's cute. It's addictive. Uh, I think really it's one of those games that anyone can enjoy. Uh, well, the other thing is this I, is I, this is I want to be the naysayer actually because I'm not totally sold on it. Bitch. Yeah. Like, I I love the aesthetics. The graphics are great. You know, I love the little cutesy theme. But I think RTS is a good comparison because it it feels like a simplified RTS, and I hate RTS games. I'm bad at them. I just don't like them. And this is more accessible than an RTS, but I, I am enjoying it a little, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, this really isn't for me. So I need to put more time in it to make a final judgment, but I'm just going to say, if you don't really like RTS kind of games, like either go out and play Tower Defense on the PC, decide if you like it, or just avoid this altogether. Well, one thing also to try, and I don't think any of us have tried it yet, but it has two-player co-op on the same screen, and that's why. Oh, you did try it. How was it? Yeah. Well, Saber G, and she she's on the forums, and uh, she she uh, yeah tried a game with me, and yeah, you're basically playing co-op and and doing the exact same thing. It's just you've got two. You can basically like double your efforts. I mean, you'll be able to do it, but your coins are shared, and that's the thing you, you got to realize. So you really need to spend them wisely and communicate what you're going to be doing. But you can basically be in two places at once. You know, like, like you know, if, if somebody's on like the left side of the screen, you can be on the right side of the screen building up there. But you have to, you know, know what you're doing with your coins. Well, so also there's you a can lot of strategy involved. Right? Hmm. You can do more of those little tiki dance things to power things right. up a little bit more, though. Yeah, so you don't have to run back and forth through through the different towers and, and do and do the little dance on the towers. Yeah, you can both do that, so you'll you'll upgrade faster. So that's one advantage. But you, yeah, the the coin spending is probably the the one thing that you really do have to watch. But it is really fun two players as well. Huh. So you know, I, I highly recommend two players playing at the same time. All right. Wish it had internet, but oh well. Yeah, that's the only thing it's really like. That one doesn't make any sense either. You would think that they could do internet on that one pretty easily. Yeah, there's not much graph. There, there's not much power going into that thing. That 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 it would slow things down, and especially yeah. if, it, if it goes through remote remote play really well. So. Hmm. All okay. right. Well, um, next one is. Oh, I get to review a game. Ooh. 
Um, you have eight minutes. I have my stopwatch yeah. ready. <laughs> Trust me. No, Jack you have five. Five. I got to pee. <laughs> Shut up. So you just want to so watch Floss. Floss is already over. over. <laughs> it's already over. Thank God. We saved an hour of your life. <laughs> I like that. I watched three shows and lost as two of them. I don't know how that works. Uh, what? What a waste of time. Are you, um, hey, are you going to buy the Lost via Dulmus game? Hell no. Looks okay. to gay tingle. Tingle-ling-a-ling. So I'm going to talk about Wipeout Pulse for the PSP, which actually comes out next week uh, here in the United States. And um, like I said before, uh, Phil Hames from um, over on the Team Fremont forums actually brought one over from England for me uh, at the Daryls. And I've been playing this pretty solidly since the Daryls. And um, oh my God, I love this game. If, If you are a Wipeout fan, if you're a racing fan... I know Phil doesn't actually like the Wipeout series. He's more of an F-Zero guy, as he told me a couple times. Um, This does everything that I wished the first Wipeout on the PSP would have done. Um, It it has a silky smooth frame rate. Um, It's absolutely gorgeous to look at. There's a ton of stuff happening on the screen at once. You can do custom soundtracks, which is pretty easy to do. I actually put about three different songs on the Memory Stick Tonight. Uh, you basically just go into the uh, music folder on your uh, Memory Stick Pro and you create a folder called Wipeout and you drop your music that you want in the soundtrack into that folder and they come right oh, up nice. in the playlist. And you can do up to 30 cool. songs on the custom soundtracks. You can, you know, put them in, put them out and they'll come right up in the list. You can, you know, you can put it on random. During the race, you can actually pause it, push right or left and you can switch just to, to a song that you want to listen to. Um <clears throat> Not only does this support ad hoc and game sharing, this also supports internet play. And there are actually people in the United States playing this already. Um, so I, I played a few games of online, and it played brilliantly. It, um, it plays really well online. I didn't have any lag issues whatsoever. Uh, this game, you know, it, it's just like the other wipeouts, though. You, you, you go up in... You go up in rank, and the game just gets faster and faster and faster. And this gets blazingly fast. It, it's scary fast. But what they did is they tightened everything up. The control's a lot tighter than the first one. It's actually tighter than a couple of the PlayStation versions. Um, it, 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 it has all the weapons that you want. Uh, the other thing about it is that, that I really like is that they offer the air you can actually change the air brake from going left and right on the uh, on the two shoulder buttons to just hitting an air brake so as fast as you're going and as as frenetic as it is instead of having to you know go right go left go right go left i just have it mapped to my right button now and it just hits a brake um which which really changed a lot of things as any wipeout game you need to learn the the tracks a little bit and once you start learning the tracks it it actually gets a lot better um, I, I can't recommend this game enough. I, I really can't. If you like the Wipeout series, buy it. You you have to buy it. Uh, this is a great primer for Wipeout HD, which I hear is coming in March. So that's it. Go out and awesome. buy this game. It comes out, I think, on the 12th. Sold. <laughs> yeah, boy, that was, what, three minutes? <laughs> I think somebody can learn. That's 10 minutes in Jared time. <laughs> well, I got to say that I I did play yours briefly. Um, 
all hungover. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe about five, ten minutes, and uh, it was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you know, it, it's the best looking wipeout I've seen, and uh, it actually plays really well. You know, surprisingly, you know, better than just like you said the uh, the the previous PlayStation ones. So yeah. yeah, I was pretty impressed. I can't believe it's on the PSP. For I mean, literally oh, the visuals yeah. on there. Those are some of the best visuals that I've seen on the PSP. And then the other funny thing was it's got this photo mode in it where, you know, when it's replaying or after the after the race, you're racing around and you can at any time hit select and you can do different cameras. You can actually move the camera around with the analog and just take a snapshot. And I posted some up on, on the thread on VG Evo uh, in the PlayStation. Yeah, I saw those. those the, yeah. Awesome. And and Bora kind of mentioned the aliasing in them uh, in the shots. That's really just the screenshots. When you're playing the game, you don't see any of that stuff. But I mean, right. even those screenshots, it, it doesn't really do it justice because one of the things that they really did in this one is that there's tons of things happening on the levels. Like there's trams going by. There's these engine pistons things going, and um, there's one level where there's spotlights everywhere, and the spotlights are actually moving around the track while you're racing, and all the lighting is realistic. Um, where it hits your your vehicle and everything else, and it, it's really disorienting at the same time, and that's what it's meant to do. And what they've accomplished on this game is just amazing. And it is kind of cool to have custom soundtracks on here because I put um, the hand that feeds by Nine Inch Nails on, and I put a couple Disturb songs and just some really like thrash metal stuff, and and it, it fits perfectly. But one thing I will say about this game, because the soundtrack is really good, the the soundtrack that comes with it is excellent. You, you almost need to play this game with headphones. Um, I got so much more out of the game orally, orally, um, by by playing it with headphones. Is it is it so, one of those games where you just kind of get lost, you get into a zone? Uh, you, you just want to keep moving on. You just want to keep opening new stuff up and and get to the faster levels. Um, the other thing is, I hooked it up to the to my HD TV with the component cables. It looks excellent on a TV. One of the few PSP games that I'll say that about right now. But it looks excellent on a TV. All right. So anyway. All right. Well, the last thing. um, Jared's the only one that actually has the Blu-ray, but pretty much everybody in the world has seen this movie. I would just uh, like to announce that the the format war is officially over. You can can buy Blu-rays from here on out. It's over because... The Rock is on Blu-ray, and it yeah, but the ass. Transformers isn't, so Fuck isn't that. it not over Fuck yet? That shit. Can you smell what the Rock is? No, no, no <laughs> <laughs> wrong Rock. Hey, jabroni. <laughs> Girl's gonna love that. Yeah, th- so, so like, the Rock, probably one of Michael Bay's best movies. It is Michael Bay's best movie. Mm, yeah, I, I think I'd agree o- with him. Only no. Yeah, <laughs> never definitely. <laughs> we we could get into that. Be, I didn't say that, did I? Yeah, I must get... be losing my sex appeal. <laughs> when I just go home and fuck the prom queen. But uh no, it's a it's a great action movie. It's probably one of the better action movies from the nineties. Uh it's and just from a technical standpoint, the, the disc is just great. It looks fantastic. It's got an uncompressed five point one sound. Uh the, you know, that famous Henry Gregson Williams orchestral score is booming. And the best part is, even though it's now 12 years old, it really didn't do a lot of CG, so, I'll, you know, it still holds up. It does. There's nothing in there that really looks out of place. Uh, there's just great action. It constantly moves. But it just 
looks fantastic from a technical standpoint. Uh, it sounds great. Every single special feature from the two-disc Criterion edition that I own is uh, present on this disc. The only thing that's missing is like production stills, but who the hell cares about those? Um, you know, so there's uh, <laughs> there's a commentary there with Michael Bay. There's a uh, you know the, oh, there's a really cool special feature where um, one of the it's the guy who the weapons handler for the uh, for the movie is showing all these stupid Hollywood poses that people use for, you know, shooting things like shooting guns sideways or shooting while running and basically proving the fact that no one is going to hit anything doing any of these was, poses. So what was Danger Boy in that? <laughs> uh no. Oh, I got to tell that story too. For great justice. So yeah, yeah, not really a lot to talk about. I mean, The Rock has been one of those movies that people have used to show off their home theater for years. I mean, the Laserdisc was the standard for a while. The DVD was the showpiece standard for a while. And now the Blu-ray is really one of the showpieces that if you want to show off, your, especially your sound system, because it really does sound great, but if you want to show off you know, just what this format can do, the Blu-ray is a great disc. This is a mandatory purchase. If you're, if you're big on action movies and have a Blu-ray player, this is, this is a must-buy, definitely. All right. That's it. Wow, that was a lot of talking tonight. Wow. Uh, yeah. Woo. So, Woo. Terry, uh, did you think up one more story to tell us to, to take us out? <sighs> Come on, you can do well, it. I guess I, I'll tell one about um, a famed uh, edit, editorial director named Ed Semrad. Ah, oh. yes. Yes. So, um... There was a an issue that uh, came out with a little mistake, and by little mistake, um, I'm kind of like underestimating. I'm, it? I'm not really. Yeah, I'm very it. much underestimating uh, what this mistake was. Basically, um, there was one full column of reviews that Ed was supposed to do that he did not do, <laughs> and it and it went to print like that. Ooh. And and I don't remember which issue it was, but it just had two words of filler text in each box, <laughs> and 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 the words were game review. <laughs> so every time Ed's reviews came out in, in on this page for every game on this page, it just said game review. So now everybody Ed works else for had GameSpot their stuff what? filled out. Hmm? So now Ed works for Gamespot. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh. no, no, no. That and that's not the whole story. Um, we had so sometimes we would sit down for these, you know, after issue meetings of okay, you know, how how did it go? Uh, where could we improve this and that? And you know, everybody was pretty much just you know scared to say anything, you know, about, about that. We we're just we were just gonna you know completely leave it to rest because we're just like we're not we're not going to piss this guy off <laughs> so um but uh the owner of the company steve harris um while we were having our meeting uh just popped his head in briefly for you know not more than about a couple of seconds in the middle of our meeting just pops his head in and goes game review and then leaves 
<laughs> nice. That, that, that's cold. That's cold. Yeah. So Much the, to the to chagrin, I mean, chagrin of Ed. <laughs> oh, so Ed was in the meeting? Oh, yeah, he was there. Oh, that's my why God. he did it. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I bet he was yeah. thrilled. Yeah, yeah, he was quite thrilled. So, what happened to that yeah, guy? That was... Um, don't know. He he was there for quite a long time. Um, but you know, he I don't exactly know uh where he is at this point. You know, I don't know where a lot of people are, are at this point, but you know, he's I'm sure he's successful somewhere else. So That is brilliant. Oh I know. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well that's a good story to take us out of here. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well actually so... that is a very good story because it's the game review story. Hey, you're hey, right. See, wow. Ah, see. All right, Jared, take it's us. It's like out. I planned it or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I, I cannot believe that he just went there like that. Oh, he went there. He did go there. Well, huh? all right. <laughs> okay. Jared, do your job. House cleaning time. Okay, I can do the house cleaning. I think I can indeed do that. So, if you would like to uh, contact us at the PlayStation Nation podcast, you can do so a couple of ways. First off, you can go www.bgevo.com uh, you can join our growing online community uh, that Mr. Uh, Trickman Terry here is so uh, gracious to uh, bless upon the earth uh, bestow <laughs> upon <laughs> the masses yes. <laughs> well, no seriously you do, you do a really fantastic job and we love being a part of your website we really do Yay. Mm-hmm. Th- thanks very much okay. yeah. and it's, it's all about the community yeah and you know we love build it, we love building it up and we just love um, you know we love being a part of it and you can do a whole bunch of different things it's a really great resource you can do you can trade games there you can post you know want you ads can. for games you can do all kinds of really can you not trade games did I say that yeah oh yeah yeah it's got a whole classified section um, it's got tower defense in the arcade <laughs> so you can play that if you want. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's got an arcade section. It's got uh, forums. It's got news. It's got you know articles. All, just all kinds of huh articles. Yeah, yeah, art- articles and um, you know game room articles and and all kinds of things. And so you know, and we're, and we're building up the site, and um, we just keep you know we we meet weekly to uh, discuss how to improve it. So you know, don't think that we're not uh, you know keeping everything in mind that you guys are telling us but you know give us feedback we really want the feedback and we really want to know how uh, to make it more of a site for you so we need insight uh, xmb yeah. hmm? we need insight xmb yeah yeah okay. there you go all right <laughs> so yeah so yeah. Well, that was uh, go on. okay so uh also you can uh, email us you can do so by emailing our new email address which is podcast at ps3nation.org and if you don't feel like writing, you can also send us an audio file. Make sure to keep it around one to two minutes in length and try to have an MP3 format for us. You can also call our voicemail line. And the voicemail line is, you're just talking over the phone, area code 920-626-4464. Standard long distance fees apply. Or if you have Skype, you can just type in WDT-Torgo. And that's your housekeeping. Yay. Rock. Yay. Well, now that we made Mark miss Lost, our, our mission is complete. We did him a favor. Jerks. 
platform, Mark. <laughs> Let's record this on a different night. Did the aliens show up today? <laughs> no, but your mom did. Oh. oh! You know, one thing we didn't really touch on enough was... Um, yeah, I just wanted to hear that one more time. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that I, got, I got what I needed to say. So I got out what I needed to say. Yeah. Good. We're going to give you Jim Power to play. There you go. Ooh, <laughs> the perfect test for... As, as punishment. <laughs> as punishment for liking Devil May Cry 4, you have to play this shitty game. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Go buy that What if I right don't now. like Devil May Cry 4? Do I get to play a good game? I uh, one thing I will say about oh, oh, play Earthworm Jim. <laughs> Earthworm Jim. What brought up Earthworm Jim? I don't know. It just popped in my head. Jim Power. Earthworm Jim. Yeah, yeah Jim I, Jim. Anyway. Yeah, Jim Jim. Jim Jim. Jim. Okay. Well, I will be. I'll probably be talking more DMC four over the next coming weeks. No, that's not allowed. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's never gonna Denied. get old, is it? Objection! <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, well, Terry, thanks for coming on the show. See, you were so afraid, and, and you did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're this is so the only worried. one you're gonna get, guys. So, <laughs> son of a, I've done my podcasting duties. So, uh huh. No, no, we'll have Terry on again. <laughs> Just kidding. So, um, yeah, yeah, everybody get out to VGEVO.com. Terry and Ken put in more work on that site than you could possibly imagine. Um, I've been involved in a couple of those meetings on the phone, and it they really, really put a lot of work and sweat and tears into this. So Big um, props. Big get out there, give it a try, and um, it is definitely growing uh, faster than I expected, to be honest. Um, yeah, we've only been live since uh, uh, June 10th. Yeah, of uh, 2007. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's getting to be quite awesome, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. get out there, register, get on the forums, uh, get out there and talk to us, and um, keep listening to the show. I see a few people have gone out to iTunes and uh, written reviews. Uh, please, if anybody else could do that, get out there and write some reviews. That but if you don't like brings the us show, up on the list. Don't review it. Well, actually, it's funny. It doesn't matter if it's a negative or positive. Um, what it just matters the amount. Yeah, the amount of reviews actually pulls you up farther on the list when they type in like one of the keywords. So if you go to yeah. iTunes and type in PlayStation right now, I think we're number three on the list. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. Nice. Are we behind so, those uh, IGN fuckers? I don't know who we're behind, to be honest. I, I hope it's not IGN. <laughs> no, you can't, even, you can't even subscribe to IGN's show on its own because they have like the little podcast pool. You have to subscribe to all their podcasts at once. It's lame. Weird. Yeah. It's. Anyway. (laughs) So, um, for Jared, for Mark, for Terry, this is Glenn. Thanks, everybody. Thanks all for coming out and listening to the show. I've got too much beer in me and I'm getting a little drunk, so I'm going to go watch TV. Good night, all. Good Good night. Coming up this week on the PlayStation Nation podcast, Trick Man Terry to talk uh, stops by. The, uh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> God damn it! Zero. Stop by to do what? <laughs> Fail. All right. You, you need. Fail. Me, do you need uh, to do the three, two, one thing again, or can we just no? Uh, just go. Okay. Coming up this week on the pl- fuck shit. Wow. <laughs> sorry. Take thirty-eight. After hours two. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Coming up this week, Trick Man Cherry. Trick Man Cherry. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw Trick Man Cherry down at the strip club one night. I think it was a Tuesday, though. It was Trick Man saw buffet. my cherry. Trick Man and the cherry. Is that like BG and the bear? BG and the bear? There's there's nothing BG better than a bear. man and his monkey. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm doing this. This is the time right now. Should we Coming up this over? week. Uh, fuck, dude. You <laughs> threw me off. God. <laughs> 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 Oh, God. Sorry. That's awesome. Not really. Okay. All right. Everyone, <laughs> stop talking. Stop talking. Okay. All right. Coming up this week, Trick Man Cherry. Coming up Hi, this week. can't you say that? <laughs> I, Trick Man Terry. Okay. Thank you. 